You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, football fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, Ryan Tracy. I know you're probably sick, very sick, of hearing about COVID-related NFL stories. It just so happens that after Montez Sweat's comments to the media were a topic of consternation and scrutiny last Wednesday, this Wednesday, when Ryan and I record Thursday's episode of the Locked On NFL podcast, the NFL and NFLPA agreed on a massive document outlining the incentives and restrictions for players that are vaccinated or are not vaccinated. And boy, is it a tale of two cities when you compare the two sides of that list. Yeah, that line is not imaginary. And we know you guys are going to be interested in some of them. Don't worry, we're going to talk players as well. Later in the show, we're going to get into the guys who aren't in camp. But this really is, it subdivides everything. And it's not just the players. It's not player protocols only. Um, The two organizations agreed to protocols across the board, just like they did when they had to put something in place for the league to function. But it it really is, from every aspect, it is divided right down the line, whether you are vaccinated or you are not. It is very plain. And I haven't read the, uh, what is it, 800-page document or whatever it is. Uh, I have not read it in its entirety, but everything that I have read makes a very clear delineation about who can do things and who cannot. And it is very pro-vaccination in, to the point that I think they see it as a player safety issue from the stance that they're taking here. That That's the only way that I can interpret it. I think that's certainly how they would want you to frame it. Like, I think that's a, a positive reading. Certain players out there on social media have taken to fighting words, essentially saying the NFLPA doesn't have our backs. This is ridiculous. And you're right, it is a massive document that was delivered to NFL teams today. One team I talked to said that they were trying to work through a 90-page document outlining what they could do, what they couldn't do. And it involves, you know, media that are totally vaccinated and and getting in-person interviews going again in press conferences and that sort of thing. But what we got from Tom Pelissero, the digestible version, highlighting some of the major differences and some of the major agreements that were reached between the NFLPA and NFL, it really is quite stark. So a lot of things from last year continue for the players that are not vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, you're you're still getting tested every day. You're still wearing a mask. You're still physically distancing in the facility. You're still limited to how many people can be in the weight room. And I, I know that some teams are still operating in multiple locker rooms. If you do get vaccinated, on the other hand, No daily testing. You don't have to wait 40 minutes for you to get your test results. When you check in for your 8 a.m. meeting, you don't have to be there at 7. Now you can go closer to when that meeting actually starts. No travel restrictions, no weight limit, no weight room limits for capacity. You're allowed to use the sauna and the steam room. Like it's, It's very much like you get the vaccine. You can live your life. You don't get the vaccine. Things are going to remain much like they were last year, pretty difficult for you. And for some teams out there, you might feel a little bit isolated because when you're traveling, you're not even allowed to leave the team hotel. 
and not even allowed to, you know, go out and eat with your teammates or share travel with them. So some real stark differences in the have and have nots in this list. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I think the one thing that stood out to me is not only are these two groups subdivided and, and I, I don't think it's going to be a league wide issue. I think eventually it will become homogenous and everybody can go back to functioning as designed. There will be some holdouts that don't want to do this. The interesting thing to me is that according to Pelicero, uh, who has reviewed the document evidently a lot further than I'm capable of, um, if you're not fully vaccinated, players will be banned. And I like the fact that he used the word banned because that is essentially what it is. From nightclubs, bars, house parties, concerts, and anything with the NFL, the clubs are allowed to issue fines of a game check up to $50,000 for a first offense and more thereafter. That is huge. That is not just the carrot. Hey, if you if you do get vaccinated, you can do all these things like a regular team. It is also the stick. And I think that that is really where, where it's coming down the two prongs that eventually this will become the norm. Very much continuing a lot of those rules that were in place last year, right? And it was draconian. And a lot of people at the time were understanding of it right and now you see some very angry parties uh depending on what side they come down in in terms of what they think employers should be allowed to require of their employees but again like you said if they're treating this as a player safety issue then you can sort of start to see it making a little bit of sense there were some players affected by covid last year that had long-term effects that were forced to miss the season as a result. You have players that were allowed no penalties to opt out last year. Very serious, obviously global health issue. And the NFL is essentially treating it as such. And I think just the the division of it makes it look a little bit harsh, I guess. And, and some of the reactions from players saying like, look, it should be a choice. I am a young, healthy, world-class athlete. I'm going to take my risk of getting COVID, but the NFL clearly doesn't quite see it that way. No, and, and I think it's it becomes at that point, like the, the other thing that stood out to me is they're going to continue to use the, the connection devices, the, the player tracking yeah. um, for all tiered staff and players, regardless of your vaccination status. So that still is the monitoring big brother aspect of it. And I think that is because a player can make that choice for themselves. But unfortunately, just like we've had the debate this entire year about what it is to have a communicable disease, there are other people in the building that you could put at risk if they're not vaccinated. Again, that is two choices by two different people, but it, it does complicate the scenario that is not just affecting you when you make that choice. Absolutely. And speaking of things that may or may not affect you, Pelissero does note that fans will be permitted to attend training camps. So that's good news. If you're one of those diehards that likes to go down and check out your team's training camps that are open to the public, you have to be 20 feet away from any tier one staff, according to Pelissero. And, and that also includes, of course, players, and physically distance yourself, but fans will be allowed to attend and, and watch from a distance. You won't get that same sort of, you know, wait for the autograph line feeling that mm -hmm. you used to have. You're not allowed to have any contact with the players during training camp. But I mean, I feel like we've already seen videos on social media of fans that have caught players after OTAs and they're getting autographs or getting a pair of gloves from a guy that gets out of their car. And so You'll still get some of that, but you know, 
be careful, be respectful. And for you especially, follow the rules. Speaking of rules, when you break the rules, or in this case, don't fall into line with the NFL's clear preference, there are going to be some consequences. We'll talk about what that will look like for teams and players as there is still some vaccine resistance as we've discussed coming up next. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, monitor your credit, all that great stuff they offer. And now with the Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for those good money habits. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. All you have to do is pay with your debit card. And if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. You can get this FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And from June 8th to June 30th, when you make any purchase, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning that instant karma. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. Creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So when all these things go in place and we we start the season, and we're now, what, six weeks from camp for most teams, we're going to see how it goes about. And there's, there's two areas that I think are really impressing upon me is not just what the restrictions are, but what the implications are. And first, for me, is the media. Um, all these outlines say that they'll have access in person, post game, game day access. If you're fully vaccinated as a member of the media, I am fully vaccinated, so I will be able to go to the press box, Chiefs PR. Let me know when I get that, um, and actually perform duties that can help inform the public. But I might be alone. I'm, there might be several beat reporters, and I have talked to several outlets that are have concerns about. If they're not, is it hurting their bottom line in terms of the penalty of not being allowed access and not being allowed to continue their job roles based on this decision? The NFL clearly is, I think, I read this as being consistent between what they're asking the players and staff to do versus what they're asking the media to do. Uh, do you see it that way or am I missing something? I think that's probably a fair assessment, right? If they're going to give media access to players in a time where COVID is still circulating, and maybe they're only 85% vaccinated, right? And, and I'm sure there's probably something in this 90-page document that says, if you're not vaccinated, you can't do in-person interviews, which may, might be a backwards incentive. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> the put, putting that restriction in place, I think, makes total sense because you might have unvaccinated folks around. And maybe they open up locker rooms again at some point. I don't think that that was part of anything that we saw today, but if that does eventually come down, and I think most reporters, most of the people covering these teams are very anxiously awaiting that decision when and if it does come, I, I think that it, it would make sense that you would have the same standards because you have you know, people sharing a space and a very highly contagious disease that currently is still prevalent in the public. Well, and I'll say this too, like I can understand the added caution because 
media are outside the bubble. They are not daily tested. They are not wearing uh, the connection devices that tell you about interactions with other people who may have been infected, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like they are kind of a wild card. So I can understand trying to limit that and limit your exposure. It looks like you still have to be masked and six foot away, even as a vaccinated member of the media from anyone that you are interviewing. That that also makes sense to me. The penalty for them is, is again, not going to have the access. And I think that will probably drive a lot of decision-making for the media outlets as well. The people that I feel worse for, and this is a group that doesn't get talked about a lot, uh, maybe a little bit this time of the year, but uh, day in, day out in the NFL, the strength and conditioning staff do not get a lot of attention, but they're really at the forefront of this because most strength rooms in this league are in closed spaces. So if you are not a fully vaccinated member of the strength and conditioning staff, you cannot be permitted to work with athletes inside of that room because air circulates, everyone is exposed to whatever everybody's breathing in there. I think this may come down to if there is a personnel protest or uh, staff that doesn't want to go forward, this may be where you start to see some of the cracks develop between uh, the staff and the, and the league that they work for. Yeah, and the league has more control over the staff. They're not negotiating with the coaches union. They, mm -hmm. they kind of get to set those rules. And so that's kind of been the direction it's gone. Vaccines have been required for staff coaches, wh whatever your role is in the building. If you want to maintain your tier one access, I believe vaccines have been required for some time now. So it, it should not be surprising. I, I suppose in the wake of this new agreement that strength and conditioning coaches are are in that bucket. And we have heard some reports from, from a few weeks ago now that there are some coaches around the league that are resisting, that don't want to get the vaccination. And the NFL threatened them at the time, like, look, if you don't do this, you're going to lose your status. And when you lose your status, and if you're one of those teams that hits that 85% threshold that we've heard about that will allow in-person meetings and all that stuff for training camp, Mm -hmm. and you're one of those coaches that hasn't hit that mark, well, how does that affect your employment, right? If I'm a strength and conditioning coach, to use your example, or say I'm a position coach, and, and I'm not vaccinated because I've made my, my choice, and everyone else is at the facility, and I'm trying to lead a wide receivers meeting over Zoom while all my wide receivers sit in the meeting room at the stadium or, or at my practice facility. Yep. I, I mean... How, how does that look to your employer, right? If you're, if you're employing these guys, you're a head coach, you're, you're an NFL team owner, everybody else is in the building. I, I feel like that could get real dicey. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's, it's a difficult prospect over Zoom when everybody's on Zoom. It's even more difficult, I think, when it's just the leader of the, the activity that is detached from the group that he's leading um, or her. I don't mean to single that out. It's going to be even more difficult, I think, to maintain effective interaction with your players if you're one leader of the group that's remote by Zoom and everyone else is in the room. I think that, I mean, I, I can see um, sixth graders running around because the teacher is remote and they're not. There's all kinds of things in there. But I think also it comes down to losing your status and being in that situation. I think it makes it very difficult for you to be effective at your job duties. And I think that is going to lead to someone being out in the cold in terms of whether they get renewed, whether they can fulfill their contract. There'll be a lot of gray area there. Yeah. And I hope it doesn't happen. I'm not sure it will happen. I, I really don't know. I don't have a good feel for what the compliance rates are among coaches 
who have a little bit less power in this decision than than players do. We do know that there are some teams that have incentivized further than the NFL's incentives their own players to get vaccinated. We'll talk about one of those examples in just one second. The last note I want to make more generally speaking, Ryan, is this will also apply to free agents. Fully vaccinated free agents will not be subject to having to wait to clear the COVID protocol before they can join a team. I We've talked about this with regard to last year's practice squad size and the limitation of player movement between teams. It didn't really make sense to poach guys off of other teams' practice squads unless the need was dire or you were on a bye week because they would have to clear that COVID protocol. Now it sounds like the vaccinated players that are free agents, they might still need to get tested, but they won't have to clear the protocol with the multiple days of testing the way they did last year. Now, one quick example I wanted to bring up, Ryan, and we talked about the Houston Texans canceling their mini camp last week. And just to be consistent, we should talk about the team that canceled the remainder of their training camp this week. And that's the Cincinnati Bengals, who after day one of their mini camp, Zach Taylor, head coach, said, we've done everything we need to do. Very similar to what the Texans said last week. Another team that has a lot to prove this year. Uh, Taylor's implication in saying that we're going to get these guys an opportunity to get their COVID shots in the facility tomorrow. And they did that on Wednesday. They had a lot of players in getting their second and some players getting their first shots. And the idea here was we're going to say, hey, if we can get to that 85% mark so we can have everything in person and have a really easy time with moving around the facility and all these things for training camp, we're going to let you go for mini camp a couple days early. And I think a lot of the same argumentation applies that we talked about with the Texans where you, you, you have a lot to work on Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> and, and so do the Texans, but the Bengals, I think like the Texans had really good attendance. In fact, perfect attendance effectively for all of OTAs in that first day of mini camp and the players are ready to do it. But the head coach decided, you know, we're going to try to make a sacrifice here for a couple of days of mini camp to have a more effective training camp. At least that's the the most effective pro Bengals spin I can think of here. Well, that makes sense. If you're giving up mini camp practices for being more effective come training camp, that does make sense. I think we didn't have that kind of context. Maybe that's what the Texans were thinking as well. Uh, I think it's probably based a little bit on each roster and how that goes around. But effectiveness at training camp would trump anything that you're doing this month. So that makes a lot of sense in terms of, you know, horse trading, a practice here for a vaccination there, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of the day, the team that can be, as in every other year, most on the same page and most pulling the oar in the same direction is most likely to be an advantage when they get on the field. I think that's absolutely the case. I don't think there's really any coaches or players out there that would tell you their mini camp was the key to their Super Bowl run, especially if it was put in juxtaposition with a training camp period when you're allowed to do a little bit more. And in that context, let's talk about some of the players that are holding out of mini camps and how much it matters for their respective teams. Stephon Gilmore, Jamal Adams, of course, Aaron Rodgers among those players that are sitting out their team's minicamps. We'll get into those guys coming up next. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices. 
based on whims like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. Built bar has nine delicious, always on sale flavors and the occasional limited time flavor. My personal favorite coconut brownie chunk, not currently on sale. One of those limited time flavors that I look out for because I've almost finished my three boxes I ordered last time they went on sale. If you don't like that limited time flavor, check out their nine permanent flavors, coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint, brownie, peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate, or salted caramel. There's something for everybody at Built Bar. And not only are they covered in that 100% real chocolate that makes them taste amazing, they're going to be good for you too. With 17 grams of protein in most of the flavors, just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, hitting those macros the way you like them. Go check it out today. Get that raspberry or that mint brownie or whatever you might like. You can get it at BuiltBar.com and we've got a promo code for you. Locked15 will save you 15% on your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. With horse trading, as we talked about in the last segment, there are a number of options out there. There are a small group of players that are holding out of their mini camps. And again, these are not training camp practice. These are a tool. And a holdout during mini camp is a tool to try to force that team to start negotiating with you. There are a number of them. But while somebody like Aaron Rodgers has demanded a trade outright, uh, there are others that it just could go down that road. We got some interesting information about Xavier Howard. Uh, not a guy that I had on the radar for a possibility of moving on. It's been one year, and now it looks like he wants to renegotiate. I understand why the Dolphins are a little bit apprehensive to get into that kind of deal right now. Yeah, that does make sense from the Dolphins' perspective. Xavier Howard, on the other hand, is a very good football player. I think that the trade speculation, which comes from a Miami Herald article, is maybe a little bit premature. The The article and the headline obviously grabs attention here, but the article essentially saying that one way this could go is he could request a trade. And that could very well happen. I mean, it, it's as Brian Flores, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, has pointed out, very rare to unheard of to renegotiate a deal after a five-year extension a year later. But that is the situation that the Dolphins find themselves in with their very, very good cornerbacks. So another cornerback, and, and it's interesting. We got some some secondary players here and, and Chandler Jones, who has an unresolved contract <laughs> dispute with the Arizona Cardinals. One of two Cardinals, by the way, to not be at minicamp as Jordan Hicks has been given permission to seek a trade from the Cardinals. He's also not at minicamp, but... Stephon Gilmore from the Patriots, well-documented mm-hmm. case there. And you can see why he might want more money considering his payment compared to the rest of cornerbacks in the league and what he's been able to do for the Patriots. And Jamal Adams in Seattle, another one that's pretty well-documented at this point. But three three high-profile, very good secondary players 
giving up money because if you don't go to mandatory minicamp, those are fines. It's not Mm -hmm. like an OTA. It's not optional. So they're getting fined and they're doing so to try to gain leverage. Do you think that this is an, an effective contract negotiation tool or are these guys screaming into the void a little bit here? Cause like they're paying fines and they're trying to get attention, but is it going to go all the way into training camp? I don't know. I would say, honestly, in a normal year, I wouldn't think that this is very effective in terms of, of forwarding your idea of what you should be compensated as. But I will say this, the league as a whole is coming off of a season where you didn't have these kind of practices. And I think, the immediacy and the premium that the coaching staffs in particular, maybe not the front offices, but the coaching staffs are are really excited to have this time to lay the groundwork, to try to improve their team for this coming season. Maybe of all years, this has a little bit more impact, at least in the minds of the coaches who then can maybe apply some pressure to the front office. I don't know that it's going to be effective, but I find it intriguing that this is not about COVID. This is not about being in a team facility. Again, these, these are pretty much all either personal situations like in Great Bay or contract deals. And one in particular stands out to me, and it's the Chandler Jones one. You know, this was a big deal. Uh, the J.J. Watt is now in Arizona, right? Like, you can see the mind churning that if you're going to help Kyler Murray, having a pass rush tandem is key. That's the thing that might set you apart this season from what you've done in the past instead of having you know one guy. I mean, J.J.'s not the premium J.J. of a few years past, but certainly that tandem has got to be enticing, and maybe that forces the, the organization to take a little bit more leeway in being open to negotiating with Chandler just because he, like Gilmore, um, unlike Adams and Howard, are, can see the end of their careers in the future. You know what I mean? Like They're old enough that the now – is maybe more important than what the fine total is or, or something like that. Yeah, I could definitely see that from the from the Cardinals' perspective. I don't know how much of a risk they have to losing Chandler Jones. I don't really know what the situation is. We actually haven't really seen a whole lot of reporting on this since he said he wasn't going to show up for minicamp about a week ago and when the news mm-hmm. first broke. So... I find that a little bit interesting. Xavier Howard's situation, on the other hand, has fresh reporting in the last 24 hours from the Miami Herald and others. So I wonder how pressing the situation is in Arizona. I really don't have any insight there, but I have to imagine the Cardinals, who are very clearly A.J. Green, J.J. Watt, these these veterans that they brought in, making a, a go-for-it push. Maybe Chandler Jones sees that as a way to leverage his way into just a little bit of more, a little bit of extra money, perhaps, in this big go for it season from the Arizona Cardinals. Well, and, and quite frankly, take Buda Baker out of the equation. You have to you have to lay that groundwork now because I don't know that you have the Uber talent that you feel can make a huge surge. Uh Pat Peterson gone now. Uh a couple of question marks there. Like you, I think again, like you said, if you're willing to buy in on AJ green and JJ Watt, like you want to have all hands on deck. You want to get the most out of this season. And maybe that puts that in jeopardy. I don't know that I'll say that this is the first one to get resolved, but of these situations, what would you think is the the most pressing that has the best chance of getting done prior to training camp? Best chance of getting done is hard. I really Mm. don't know how to predict that sort of thing, Ryan, but (laughs) 
the most pressing is the one we haven't talked about at all today. It's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah. that's the one that has the biggest domino effect around the league. These other guys, I mean, defensive players are important and they're good, but nothing is as important to a team as a quarterback. So if, if we're not counting Aaron Rodgers, then it gets a little bit more interesting. But that's the one that everybody's waiting waiting for, right? And we talked about it last week. The the suspicion from Denver that he's just going to go back to Green Bay, that they're starting to maybe look at Deshaun Watson. But Jay Glazer on Wednesday said that he still wants out. Without a doubt, said Jay Glazer, he absolutely still wants out. And of course, as Acme Packing Company points out, this is in contrast to James Jones, Rogers' former teammate, saying he'll be there for training camp just a week ago. So Two sides there. Jay Glazer, generally pretty reliable. You you tend to believe the things that he reports, but there uh, seems to be some belief on both sides of the coin there. The whole thing feels like a retirement waiting to happen for me, but you know we'll know more when we know more. And quite frankly, the, the deadlines make deals here. We'll see what happens when camp opens up. We're going to have a lot to talk about. So are Chris and Q tomorrow. They will have you covered for any new developments as we wrap up the final off-season activities and get ready for the lull where the, the players get some rest. We get to dig in about expectations. You'll hear that from all of us on NFL. We appreciate you listening to us today. They'll get you covered tomorrow, and we'll talk to you next week.